What's up, everybody? This is Saladin. Uh, let me start off by apologizing for being MIA for a while. Had a lot going on um, in my life, um, good and bad. Had to make a transition, had to move. Um, family issues, I had a death in the family. Um, one of my closest cousins and stuff, so I've just been kind of out of it right now, but I haven't forgotten about everyone. Um, and let me just, again, like I say, let me just apologize but it's good to be back. I'm glad to be back, and I want to get things started. Um, I'm gonna—I know I'm a few weeks behind in episodes. I usually drop them every Tuesday at nine. Uh, but what I'm gonna be doing is playing catch up. So I'm gonna be recording uh, quite a few episodes, um, and I'll probably drop be dropping them all at once till I get caught up, and then we'll go back to the one episode per week. Uh, I have noticed I've been getting a lot of hits on some of my episodes, so. Thank you for the love. I really appreciate it. Um, this is just a medium, and you know we all can do it. Uh, I'm not a genius, or I'm not a deep person. I'm just a I'm just a man with thoughts and ideas and stuff like that. And I, you know, this is just a way to get them out. So shout out to Anchor FM. I really love this app where everybody can have their voice heard. Um, I would still love to get people on to the podcast so we can discuss some of these things because, you know, it kind of gets boring sometimes just sitting there just talking about my ideas. I like to kind of bounce them off people um, and we kind of go back and forth. It makes for a more interesting conversation. So if you are interested in doing an episode um, with me, first you got to download the app Anchor FM. Go ahead and set yourself up and then just hit me up, you know, leave a voicemail a comment um, if you have any thoughts on today's subject or you can subscribe to get notifications or for more episodes and if you have any ideas for more episodes feel free to leave that as well but if you want to be a guest I am totally with it I think it'll be a lot of fun I think it'll be dope Um, all right so today we're going to talk about a few subjects but the first one I want to talk about is what's called the broken window theory Um, protect your neck reason why I call it protect your neck is just kind of like really just protect your hood and uh, I'm using neck as a metaphorical for hood Um, and we'll get a little bit more talk a little bit more about what the broken window theory for those who don't know what it means and I like to have a discussion I like for you to leave comments on whether you believe this philosophy is viable or not Uh, so we'll just begin as far as defining what the broken window theory is Um, this theory was proposed by James Q Wilson and George Kelly back in 1982 And what they did is they used the broken window as a metaphor for disorder within within neighborhoods. Their theory links disorder and incivility within a community to subsequent occurrences of other of serious crimes. Okay, the broken window theory is a criminological theory that visible signs of crime antisocial behavior and civil disorder creates an urban environment that encourages further crime and disorder including serious crimes so in other words they're saying visible signs of crime or visible signs of disorder and antisocialism can lead to others becoming um, to engage into crime um, for example I guess I'll you know give a better example is that let's just say for the sake of conversation you have a neighborhood where there has many homes but one of the but on one block a home is empty okay now imagine this and picture this 
One day a kid picks up a rock and throws it and breaks the window of that vacant home. The window goes unrepaired for days, possibly weeks. This then shows other people in that same community, or they might not even be from that community, they might be passerbys, but then it really shows them that the home is vacant, unwatched, and uncared for. So someone else decides to break another window, then another window, and then another. And since no one cares for the home, someone might just decide, well, let me just break in. They break into the home. Um, you know, people, neighborhood, they break in the home, they steal copper, and they do all these other things. But they decide to break in. So now you actually have somebody who's possibly squatting in the home. And squatting is basically when um, a stranger or an individual or a group of family you know, break into a home or move into a home that's not actually theirs, and they begin to live there. In some states, in some cities, when a person squats, that they technically be, become a tenant, just as no different as if they signed a, a lease and moved into the home, and you actually have to have them evicted to even get them out the house. So now someone is possibly squatting in the home, and maybe that squatter is a drug dealer, and they start selling drugs about this home. Okay. So now this is all started from that broken window, you went from one broken window to many broken windows to someone break, breaking into the home to squatting or to possibly selling drugs. And then here comes along litter. So now they're littering in the yard. This litter and uncaring for one home spreads to the next home, whether it's occupied or not. So now you have littered in this house, you have littered at this house, and it's been spread from one neighborhood to the next, I mean, from one house to the next house, and you can actually be living there and you don't even clean or keep your yard up when the litter comes there. So now it's spreading from house to house to house to house to house. And when it gets to looking that way, it can attract more criminal element. So now it's then started from just this one broken window to the entire neighborhood and now your neighborhood is festered with crime and criminal element and activity all starting from that one broken window. Do you buy that? Do you buy that as a viable philosophy and a viable theory? You know, oftentimes we tend to, and I see this all the time on social media and in everyday conversations, um, we tend to look towards others to solve the problems in our own community. Many times we often blame the President of the United States. I've seen uh, these memes where they all have the year 2008 and it'll show a, a, a destroyed neighborhood and it'll show 2018 that same neighborhood and it'll say under Barack Obama or something like that which basically is saying that no matter who's president no matter who's the leader of the country the neighborhood is going to stay the same the problem I have with that is that you're putting the responsibility of a person who works at the federal government responsible for your immediate home and your immediate environment that's not how politics work. There's an old saying that politics, all politics is local. The president themselves works at the federal level, so when they pass laws and they pass executive orders, it is not something that automatically changes everything because this is what's considered the United States, and the states actually have their own laws and their own ordinances and their own this and all that. You know, in my community right now, if my grass gets too high, I'll get fined. But I grew up in a community where they didn't give a shit about how high your grass was. It is what it was. You know, it is what it is. You know, um, so 
when you are looking for certain things to be handled in your community, personally it starts within. Personally it starts with you. Then you look at your local politicians, your city councilmen, your mayors. The mayor has more power to do more in your community than the president does. So we have to really just start holding them responsible directly. Um, But I don't want to put the entire brunt of our community and how uh, it becomes this way just based on a metaphorical window. I think there are underlying factors as to why crime exists in our community, in certain communities. And, you know, we can't, we have, we can't, I'll be doing an injustice if I completely ignore those factors. Um, so there's two things that kind of want to focus on when it comes to the key factors for high crime in our community. One is unemployment. And it doesn't matter what your race is, no matter where you are in the country, if there's high unemployment, you're going to have high crime. It's a given. Because most times, and in our neighborhoods, most crimes are economic-based crime. Because we don't have. So this causes people to steal. This causes people to sell drugs. People sell drugs because they want money. They need money. You know, um, <laughs> what they do with the money is a whole different question. But, you know, but you get the drift what I'm saying. So regardless if the, the neighborhood is a black community or the white, predominantly white community or predominantly Hispanic community or Asian community, uh, and, and this goes for all over the world, there's no jobs, there's no money, there's no money, there's no income, there's no income, there's crime because everyone is trying to get theirs. Um, also then we have to look at the second element when we talk about that and that's poor schools. You know, um, high dropout rate. If the schools are performing poorly, you know, um, schools get funding based on taxes, taxes that people pay on their home. And when you live in a community where most people don't own their home, very few people own the home, and the value of the home determines how much the taxes is paid on the home. And low-income communities, there's low taxes, and low taxes means not much spent on the schools, which then in turn creates, has it set up where there's low funding, where the school can't really afford a lot of things that the, the, the more upper middle class and the rich neighborhoods can get, so you're getting a poor education. You know, and, you, and when you're getting a poor education, you really don't see the need for it, so some people drop out. Or bad grades, and then if you drop out or get bad grades and you don't finish, then obviously you're not really going to be able, for the most part, be able to get a good job to really be able to take care of yourself and your family. So then, what do you do? People resort to crime. So it's all a vicious circle. You know, I put, I'll put high unemployment in poor schools way before I put this this window theory. You know. Uh, then you have to ask yourself, why are poor neighborhoods in such shambles or dilapidating? You know, because we have to begin to talk about the mindset. We have to begin to talk about the people that's in the community. And we have to talk about priorities and what's important. Um, people don't make enough money to upkeep their homes. Nine times out of ten, the people in that community are renters and they don't actually own the homes. And the homes are being 
owned by slumlords who live in the in a community where they have to. I can guarantee you the community that I live in, some of my neighbors are probably landlords. They probably own homes that's in the city of Detroit, the city of Pontiac, um, Inkster, or whatnot. Um, and you go to those neighborhoods, the neighborhoods look wrecked. They look messed up. But you come to their neighborhood, you come, you come to my neighborhood, nothing like that. Um, people tend to have bigger concerns and bigger worries than litter in the streets. You know, I can't necessarily blame them. You might have a single mother who's working two minimum wage jobs just to make ends meet. She's working these two jobs just to be broke just to take care of her family and she's too tired she's not thinking about the yard she's not thinking about um, all these other factors because she's tired she can barely even help her kids do homework if that's getting done the kids are probably unsupervised so they have to do it themselves you know that leads into a whole different thing you know that leads into a whole different other kind of problems and stuff like that so you know people have bigger concerns and worries in that community than litter in the streets and broken windows and stuff like that um and even with that being said cohesion and community involvement and resources to repair the broken windows uh i once lived in this community out in farm i live out here in farmington hills and one of the you know it's a really heavily dense Indian population out here. So one of the neighborhoods I had lived in was, you know, predominantly Indian. And, you know, I'm not trying to put any stereotypes on any people like that. But I remember one time coming home from work, um, like right in the entrance in, my, in the subdivision that I lived in, there was a pothole in the street. And, you know, I hit that pothole. I hit it so hard it probably unlocked my door. Um, but maybe a few days later when I came home, the, the, the people in the community, it wasn't even the city, the people in the community was actually filling that pothole themselves. They wasn't even waiting on the city to do it. And Farmington Hills probably wouldn't have did it. But they actually got the materials themselves, went out there, it was a group of them, and they sealed that pothole. And it was done less than a day. You know? So, you know, they took they took it into their own hands and decided to go ahead and fix their own community. So now we have to begin to talk about, on Chronicles of Black Men, our role as men, specific, specifically black men, in keeping our communities safe, it can be keeping our communities clean. You know, if we truly believe that we men are the head of our house and our house sits in the community, who is responsible for taking care of the community that the house sits in, that protects our women and our children? We take pride and we beat our chests and we always talk about how we're the head of our house and, you know, we're the king of our castle and stuff like that. Um, but I always felt, and I believe, and I don't know if I said it before, but a king is determined, not determined by how he rules or how he serves his people. You know, um, yes, you can be the king of your home, but your home sits in the community and that community needs to be taken care of. A king will protect his home from invaders. You have to protect your community from invaders. You know, we want to be able to have our children go outside and play and run around and enjoy themselves and play at the park and on the swings. And we love for our women to be able to go out and enjoy um, just walking around and taking the children to the park and having fun and girl talk and gossip and this and that. And we want to be out there to enjoy it with them. So we have, it is our responsibility to be the protector. By nature, we are the protector. 
you know what you know it's no different than when we have this energy you know in the community that I grow up grew up in you know we had hustlers on the block and everyone kind of know everyone kind of knew who everyone was so if a strange face came up in the neighborhood you, you had to be quick on to tell them you had to be quick to tell them who you were with or where you was from because if not you was going to be in trouble you know they hustling on that block but if you call yourself coming in that same community hustling then you had to you had to answer questions real quick so you know in my opinion we need to keep that same energy that's used when an outsider comes to the hood to hustle in if you call yourself hustling in you're protected then why not keep that same energy to make sure that the element that we don't want in our community doesn't come into that community so these are just my thoughts I don't know I kind of want to hear from you as I said you know you can leave a comment or voicemail if you have any thoughts on today's subject you can subscribe to get notifications for more episodes if you have any ideas for more episodes feel free to leave that as well you know um, download the app be a guest I love to talk and bounce you know ideas off and I think, as I said, it makes a more interesting conversation when, you know, when I can ask somebody else to talk on here. But the question of the day on this particular episode, do you think the broken window theory is viable or not? Do you think it's just complete hogwash? Do you think there's a more underlying factor? And if so, I'd like to hear. So, uh, until we meet again, again, glad I'm glad to be back. Um, I'll be dropping this episode soon. And a couple more, so... Look forward to it then. Peace.